this morning. Oh, what a place to be. It's wonderful to be with him. It's even better to be with him when the world is falling apart. Oh, my loving brother, when the world is on fire, don't you want God's bosom to be your pillow? Oh, what a wonderful spirit here this morning. How many are happy to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. I'm going to let you have your seats for a moment. I've got a number of announcements we want to make today. don't want to break this up too much. Sister Elaine, are you here this morning? Are you good with I, if I make this announcement? This sister has not only fallen in love with Jesus, but she's also fallen in love with somebody else. Oh, <laughs> Sister Elaine has been visiting her home country of Zimbabwe, and she's come back here for a little bit, but she's going back because there's something compelling her. On April 22nd, this year, she is scheduled to be married. So we, we are just here to announce her wedding. She is marrying a young brother that she knew growing up, but she didn't really know that she would know this way. And uh, Brother Punashi is his name, I believe. Punashi, if you announce it. But um, I just they've got a little, um, little bit of a, uh, I think I can at some point post this and give you the link. There's a link to their uh, engagement and their wedding. And she says the whole church is invited to come to Zimbabwe. <laughs> so, God bless you. We're so happy for you. We appreciate our sister Elaine, the way she's carried herself and conducted herself, and the Lord has rewarded you, and we're very happy for you. God bless you. Amen. We, we have other upcoming weddings in the church this year. 
So it's wonderful to have these things. Just wanted to make mention that um, there's uh, tonight, okay, tonight uh, there is, uh, we have a brother from Nigeria, Brother Tony Urabesa. He'll be ministering for us. He's over at Brother Jerry Fury's this morning, and he'll be ministering for us tonight. He has a son that lives in Calgary. He hasn't been able to see him, so he visited his son in Calgary earlier this week, and he desired to come to Edmonton. He was with us about four years ago, so he will be ministering for us tonight. Also, this Wednesday here, we, we have a service Following that, um, I will be away for two Sundays, and uh, we had scheduled a little, little bit of vacation time, so during the time that I'm away, uh, we will have the local brothers that will be ministering here. Uh, if there are any needs or anything, I'm going to ask that you contact Brother Andrew Dodd, or the, one of the deacons would be glad to help you, and if it's anything, that I will be contacted. I will be available for that if need be. But um, so while I'm away, there'll be two Sundays. The, the date of March 3rd is also a date that there's a wedding between Brother Zach Wilson and Sister Melody Hildebrandt. And so that's on a Friday. The following Sunday, it's a March 5th after that, Brother Paul Dirksen will come and minister for us in the morning. And that evening, Brother Dwayne Fair will minister for us. So we don't normally schedule as many special speakers, but... You know, funerals and weddings and other things have come along the way, and uh, so we've had some visiting brothers come through. But uh, let, those are just some announcements along the way. Also wanted to mention, this is from the trustees, uh, because of the changes to the street in front and the, the train that they'll be putting through, we're, we're making way for more parking, and so the house that has been next door um, will be demolished tomorrow. No, for the couple that is living there, it's not tomorrow. <laughs> no, I just, just, just wanted to let you know, Brother John, that it's not tomorrow, okay? <laughs> but um, the, the house will not be demolished, but we are actually going to have it moved away. The cost to move it away is about $30,000, but if anybody wants to pay those moving costs, they can have the house for free. And we're offering that to the church. So you have a couple of weeks to do that if you want. But um, the, that cost of 30000 is within a 100-kilometer radius. So if you have a piece of land and you want to pay that money, it's uh, a house that had some renovations and things. So the foundation remains, but uh, and that foundation will be demolished. But... Just making that as an announcement, okay? That's upcoming in the next little short while. Um, nice to have all the visitors here, and uh, we're, we're grateful to have every one of you. Sister Lori, you can come anytime you want and sing. Like, that was a blessing. And uh, for... <laughs> Sister Rebecca, you, you covered the other spectrum. Alberta is covered from Saskatchewan to, to British Columbia with specials. And then we had our young sister sing for us this morning. Such a, such a blessing. So we want to welcome you. And also there's a brother, Jared, who is here with us again. His family's happy to have him here. We're happy to have him. He's been away for a couple of weeks. 
Um, I'm happy as well today to have my brother here. My mother is here. My aunts are here. Earlier this week, my mother had her 90th birthday. And so we're, we're grateful to have her here today. And also on the same day, Sister Janet O'Brien had her 70th birthday, and she's not here this morning. Lord willing, she'll be here tonight. So we're, we're happy for all of those things. In the way of other announcements, it was on Friday night, uh, we received news that Brother Lowell Beaton passed away. And Brother Lowell uh, was the son of Brother Angus Beaton. He was also a brother to Sister Marlene um, Hildebrandt, and uh, so I think it was the last surviving sibling, and uh, he passed away on Friday. And then last night, we received news that Sister Erna McCormack passed away, and uh, she'd been in a home and been suffering, but that is the first of the, the Clar family, Sister Lydia's younger sister, Sister Hilda Koenig, Brother Zig Clar. Sister Erna was a sister, but she has just passed away. Brother David Kesser, that's your grandmother. And uh, so many of you may have not known her. She's been in a home for a while. But one by one, there's a great gathering on the other side. I would like to say this about Sister Erna. She, was a, she had a wonderful spirit, and she always was kind, always helpful. And I would say the same testimony holds to Brother Lowell Beaton. And I'll tell you, the, when you accept Christ as a Savior, you don't die. You've started your journey to eternal life, and they've started their journeys to eternal life. So we're grateful for them. Let's remember the families in the days to come. Uh, and when somebody passes, it always, it always is something. Let's stand together this morning. Let's sing, How Great Is Our God. And uh, I believe he's on the throne this morning, no matter what's happening in the world around us. The splendor of a king, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He himself in light, and darkness rises to high, it trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice, how great his heart God, sing with me, how great his heart
lift your hands to him this morning. Why don't you worship him this morning? How great is our God this morning. Oh, Father, we worship you this morning. You are worthy of praise this morning. We welcome you here this morning. 
Lord, we lift our voices. We lift our hands this morning. You're worthy to be praised this morning. How great is our God. Sing it one more time. this morning we just stop now and as we approach the Lord for this part of the service whatever you've come here this morning with and whatever your need may be and maybe you're unaware of your need this morning we won't be able to gather this way all the time the world that we know and live in if time would come, we would also have to go. But whatever you have need of this morning, let's make much of the presence of the Lord. If you have a need, you want to be remembered. You want to raise your hand. Heavenly Father, this morning, we're so grateful for the Spirit of God that still moves in our midst. The Spirit of God that can, Lord, not just be an emotion, not just be, oh Lord, just a gathering around a building, but Lord, something that can penetrate our very being, something that can change our lives. Lord, this God that we believe in, this word that we believe in, Lord, you've called us from the muck and the mire of the world, Lord. But Lord, you brought us to yourself, to your banqueting table. And this morning, oh God, we have need of you, Lord. In our lives, Father, we have need of more of Christ, Lord. Father, we ask you, we invite you, take the preeminence, take the liberty today. Lord, I pray that you would take us all aside, speaker and hearer. Lord, speak through us, hear through us. But, oh God, we desire you to take the leading role in this service. Lord, for needs that are outside this building, for, Lord, for sicknesses, for loved ones, for salvation, for healings, Lord, we find our all all in all in you. We're inviting you to take this now in every heart that is here as we open the word. Lord, we commit this service into your hands. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would move, you would do the exceeding. Father, the special meetings we had were one step. Today is another step. And now we're asking you, Lord, lead us, O oh God. We commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you to the musicians. Really appreciated all the specials. Let's just turn in the Bible to the book of Revelations. Revelations chapter 16. We've been a little longer with the preliminary, but I think if we can, I don't think anybody's ever complained that they got stuck at the mall too long or they got stuck in a, in a restaurant too long or, or at a hockey game too long. So I'd like to be of those that are happy to be here. And, and to enjoy the time with the Lord. I know we've all got schedules. We don't want to wear, wear anybody out. But I'll tell you what ought to be the burning of our, of our heart to just be in the presence of God. Revelation 16, verse 12. And the sixth angel 
poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. And they, and they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth in, unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Now, we can say that's way off, and I'm going to ask the question, is it actually? We are here. We are here. And what's the next verse? Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Amen. God bless his word. You may have your seats. The next verse 16, it talks about a gathering in a place which in the Hebrew tongue is called Armageddon. That'll be a natural gathering, but I will say to you, that before that natural gathering ever comes, there's a spiritual gathering that happens first. And I would say that the bride will not be here for the natural part, but there is a spiritual Armageddon that is coming, and it's even coming upon us. If I read the scripture out of Revelations chapter 3, verse 13, this is the same message to every age that was addressed. And it says, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Now this morning, uh, we, we'll hear a lot of things in our mind, in our, in, in our thinking, in our natural, that will twig your memory, that will speak to your intellectual man. And there is, I'm going to say it, there's an intellectual faith that we have. But your intellectual faith is not enough. You listen to the messages that Brother Adam spoke on stature of a perfect man. He says, there is an intellectual faith. But he says, and he says, there's also a spiritual faith that God adds to it. So you take the message, stature of a perfect man, together with the message, blasphemous names, and there's a continuity of the two. And in the message, Brother Branham said, here's what's wrong with the Branham Tabernacle. And I will say, here's what's wrong with any one of us, is we lean on the intellectual too much. We need a supernatural touch. We need something that goes beyond the intellectual, beyond what we're comfortable with, something that pricks our hearts sometimes, like it was on the day of Pentecost. They were pricked in their hearts. And we want to be, be pricked in our hearts a little bit. And if I'm going to come and step on any toe, this morning. It's not me, but it's the Holy Ghost this morning. And I'm desiring, friends, not that we would walk and just pat each other on the back and we'd say, that was a nice service. Let's have another one. I'd say we're going home. And whatever we need to do to go home, let's do that today. Let's take the part that the Holy Ghost has for us. So 
If I can now just take this a little bit, and I'm going I'm to take a, a few quotations to start, but I'm going to get into something that's really on my heart, and I just need the grace of God, and I need your attention. And I, I just pray that we can, we can do what the Lord wants, and I'm not going to try and belabor it. We read out of the vials here, this is in Revelation 16, and, and this is a, it's a tremendous scripture. This is between the sixth and the seventh vial, and this is the pouring out of the plagues that are going. In the church age book, Brother Branham would say about the church ages, and, 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 and he'll say it this way, I'll just read it. He says, out of the ages come the seals, out of the seals come the trumpets, out of the trumpets come the vials. Like the burst of a Roman candle, the church ages come forth with a mighty initial illumination. Now, we are living in, in an age like no other age. Every age before us has not understood the book of Revelation. Martin Luther didn't understand it. Wesley didn't understand it. And we are coming to an age where we can see for the first time who the messengers were, what the Spirit is working. It was not designed to give us just a mental conception. It was not designed to give us knowledge. And I'll say beyond all of that, it was also the opening of what was sealed until a certain time, such as we live in. And the sealing, as we touched on on Wednesday, it was not the sealing of knowledge, but it was the sealing of an identity of a spirit that you carry within you that identifies in these pages. So our sister sang the morning, this morning the song about the name, and the name of Jesus, and there is no other name like that. This morning I want to speak on a spirit by another name, and I need just, just your attention for a little bit. So, so he will go on to say, once the brilliance of the seven church ages is given by divine revelation, light upon light follows until the whole of revelation opens wide before our wondering eyes and we, edified and purified by the Spirit, are made ready for his glorious coming, even our Lord and Savior, the one true God, Jesus Christ. So he would also go on to say that he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith. For the first time, we are sitting in an age where you can know that your name is written there in the book of redemption. You will not know it by identification. You will not be a part of, of this last time mystery or this end time because you're in a church that we call a message church. That will not be your identification. Neither will your identification be, well, I've been in the services where all the great ministers of the message have preached. Therefore, I'm entitled. I feel that on my heart. That will not be our identification. But our identification actually has to be that we're born of the Spirit of God. That we are identified with something that we've met the one who lives up there. Not that we know a certain minister. Not that we're part of a family, but that we've met him. Do you know him today? And it's not just enough to know about him, but it's to know him. 
He is the author of life. He alone is the one that gives you eternal life. Nobody else can give it to you. And I say, that I, I need to just go because we are living in an age of lethargy like never before. And that lethargy does not just, just happen out there. But it comes into our midst. It makes us comfortable. It makes us, it makes us sit and begin to just wrap ourselves in what we have. And this is wonderful. God dealt with me. But we can't stay here. We've got to move on. We've got to shed some of our humanity. We've got to shed some of our comfort in order to move further with God. I'm letting you in on little parts of this. So he says, if you are a Christian, in every age it was the same cry. Hear what the Spirit says. The Spirit's still speaking this morning. If you're a Christian, you'll get back to what the Spirit is teaching, the word of this age. Every messenger to every age will preach that word. Every fresh and true revival will be because men have gotten back to the word of their age. You say, well, I'm in the word, I'm doing this. Listen, let me just come right down to where we're all at here. He says, the cry of every age is the rebuke. You have left the word of God. Repent and come back to the word. Well, we don't want to identify with the Laodicean age. I have repented. I've come out. I'm in the bride age. Now, you can say that, but whether we live that is another thing. Even if you are in the bride age, the bride age is in the middle of Laodicea. Laodicean spirits are around us. We have to battle with them. I have to battle with them. You have to battle with them. And we have to shake ourselves sometimes and we can say, you know, it's so easy. We get comfortable and we mention denomination because denominations are not of God. And the system is not of God. There are good people in the system, but the system is not of God. So we can say denomination, and immediately we've been born in this, we've been raised in this, and we can say, I'm not in a denomination. Oh, thank God it's way out there. No, it isn't way out there. It comes into your lives, into my life. And if we're not careful, we begin to take that spirit on. It's the same spirit, the denominational spirit may have names. But the spirit doesn't stop by those names. The spirit comes into our midst. Now, coming back to the word, he said, if you are the true seed... If you are baptized with the Holy Ghost, you will esteem his word above your necessary meat. Friends, I'm going to share with you right now, I could, I could bring some headlines. I debated to bring some headlines this morning. I could have brought headlines, could have told you about how Israel is constructing a pipeline right now that is, is connecting into Europe, and because of the Russian war, the, the Russian war has eliminated a lot of Europe's energy, so they're looking for alternative. This pipeline is due to be finished by, next, by 2025. It's actually going, and they're even looking at a route that goes through Turkey, and the Turkish president has said he's open to it, much to the chagrin of Russia. 
Now, why are you saying all that, Brother Ed? Because there's a quotation that's laying there. There's a prophecy that's laying there. When Russia comes down for that oil, he says, you watch what happens then. We're not far off from that. Last week, Russia launched warships for the first time carrying live nuclear weapons on board. Oh, that's just another thing. It's just, you know what? Years ago, this would have set off alarm bells. But because of the spirit of the age we're in, oh, well, it's just another thing. It's just another this. And you know what? And he'll come as a thief in the night. I want our spirits to be uh, sharp and tuned. And it's not just by modern events. Friends, it's happening in spirit realms. Today is probably the 10th day. But right now in a university, it's a Christian university in Kentucky. They are in the 11th or 12th day of a supernatural revival. There has been around the clock, 24-7. I'm going to read something Brother Branham said here. And I, I want to just bring it because he talked about it. And, and I, I just want to bring it for a moment. So just stay with, stay with me. But it's, it's in, in Kentucky. And it's, it's talking about this, this university. I'm just trying to find it here. I'm sorry I didn't have it open. Okay, here. So he, he talks about it, and, and he's talking about this university. I'm going to read the quotation first, and it's a place called Ash, Asbury, and it's in Kentucky. And he's preaching in a message. He says, grant this college that there'll be a revival outbreak here, like at Wheaton and down at Asbury. It'll be a day and night prayer meeting, Lord, that people will come from the east and to the west and give them an old-fashioned John Wesley revival, a burning zeal on these young men's hearts that would leave the college. So this this actually happened in 1970. This university experienced an outbreak, and now here it's happening again. So it's, it broke out. It started here in 2023, and there's people just coming and calling and praying on God and doing all of these things. That's wonderful. If it brings them back to God, if it isn't just a revival. Now, there is promised a revival, and it's a bride revival, but there's also promised that there'll be moves of God, and that there'll be a time when sleeping virgin starts to come for oil. They're looking for it. Friends, I'm not calling them all sleeping virgin, but I'm saying these things are happening. But what's happening in your life this morning? What's happening in my life this morning? Those things are out there. Don't look at those things. We need to look and say, where am I today? I could have brought another article about the gathering of all the world leaders. And they're coming together, amalgamating politics and even economics. And they're amalgamating they're amalgamating spiritual good things. And they're binding together Muslims and Christians and different ones. And we're agreeing together about a path forward, about morality. Friends, it's bringing everybody together. It's a spirit that's happening in the world today. It's a uniting. But the uniting is not around the word of God. The uniting that we really need to have is that we become one. Not with a doctrine. Not with just a message. But with Christ. Where Christ is the word. That's the uniting that he's looking for. Now, 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little time to unfold this. Bear with me. I'm going to read this. This is his, Brother Bram's quotation from Revelation 16. He says, Three unclean spirits like frogs. They began to, to be, speak forth in a time, and it's, just take the events that are happening here. The Euphrates is drying up. It was at the river Euphrates that two million million demons were held. But under the sixth trumpet, they were loosed. And they were loosed against the Jews. So the natural manifestation of these demons was to be loosed in a persecution against the Jews. And that's what happened. And you listen to the Feast of the Trumpets and Brother Branham will bring names and he'll attach names to these spirits. And some of the names were Eichmann. Some of the names were Stalin. Some of the names were, were uh, Mussolini. Some of them were, uh, were, were Hitler at that time. So those were names that were attached to supernatural chargers, as Brother Manum would call them, but they were held back, but they were loosed at a certain time. And, 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 and you, you can take all of that, and there's a, there's a I'm, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. But these demons were loosed, and so they were loosed, and as they were loosed, it, 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 it was a natural manifestation, but the spiritual manifestation, you say, well, they're gone. No, they're actually against you and me. They're against this message. They're against this church. They're against any one of you that lives a godly life. They'll come to try to make you lukewarm and formal and powerless. They will try to come and tear down your faith. They're amalgamating in the world right now under the fourth seal. The amalgamation of demon powers, religious powers, political powers coming together. Now they have not been crowned yet but they are about to be crowned. And when they're crowned, there'll be a speaking, there'll be a name, there'll be a power that comes with them. But it's gathering together. Let's not be ignorant, friends. It's happening all around us. You can complain about the political parties we have. You can complain in Canada and the USA. But it has to be. It's been prophesied. In 1956, Brother Branham crossed the land. Billy Graham crossed the land. And he said, this is America's last chance. 1957, he says, they've rejected it. As a nation, there's no more hope. He says, I don't even pray for her. Now, if you look at the nation, it just seemed to go on. It seemed to go on. It seemed to go on. And nothing much happened. But you look at statistics, and you can find statistics on this. But in 1963, the lamb loosed the seals. And the loosing of the seals was also the loosing of a system of events to which there was no return. Because now there's no more, there's no more message to rise after this one. There's no more moves to rise after this. This is the final message. And it loosed that, but it also unleashed the enemy, and he's come now in a greater force against us. So these two powers are gathering all around us as we speak. And, and don't think, okay, well, that's out there. That's, I'll just watch the news. No, they come against you right now when you're, where you're at. 
And I say this, I do not just want to be under the title of message. I do not want to have a name, but have a, be a habitation for all kinds of other things underlying. And you can have the name message, but the ultimate is a token life has to come out of it. It's not a profession, it's a life. That's what speaks. That's what the devil listens to. You can say, I'm a member of End Time Message Tabernacle. I, you can mention the name William Branham. Listen, you can, you can go back in the Bible, and it was in the days of Paul that there were seven sons of Siva. And they thought, this is a great thing. If I can attend, because Paul has got this great gift. He's casting out devils. He's doing, let's do the same thing. And they approached it carnally. They approached it without sincerity, and they tried to cast out a devil, and the next thing you know, they are exiting minus their clothes, and they're running. And the, and the demons that answered and said, Paul I know, Jesus I know, but who are you? Friends, the same life that was in Jesus had to come in Paul. It has to come in us. It's not attaching ourselves to a name, but it's attaching ourselves to a life. Now, he, he will say this, these, these spirits that came, the Euphrates dried up. If you actually look, naturally speaking, the Euphrates it is at its lowest point ever in recorded history. But we're talking spiritually here this morning. So it would say that these spirits, and it would say that the way of the kings, and these kings would manifest now it would say unclean spirits like frogs. Now, Brother Branham would give us, his, a frog always looks back. So now you look back in history and, and you look at the early church that came out. The early church, they came out, they were of God, but it wasn't the Ephesian church. It was very soon that the false vine began to creep in again. And these two vines are going to be in the church till the end. Church age book, the true vine could not bring the false into a saving relationship with God. But neither could the false overcome the true. And these two will be there to the end. So we just recognize, people will just say, well if this is the message, why this, why that? These things are all around us. They will be there. But we need to look at what is also here, in us. Now, he will say they were looking back. What happened? If you look at the progression, I don't have really time. I was debating to put PowerPoint up, and I just thought, no, I need to preach this morning. And I, you can look at it as the Nicolaitan spirit crept in, began to override the laity, began to take and put men into position, and it, and it was eventually that was at, at, at Nicaea in 325 AD, there was a council that was given. It was the birth of the Roman system, and that's where the titles, the Trinity baptism was first initiated. Father, Son, Holy Ghost began to be, that was the recognition. Now you take this scripture, and Brother Bram says, what were these three unclean spirits? He says they were a Trinity baptism. Let me read it. He talks about it. He says, The trinity of frogs that came, that came out of an old trinity gave birth to a new trinity, their mother. What did it come out of? The dragon, the beast. And he says, And the false prophet. Where were these frogs come out? Notice, 
They were there all the time, but it wasn't manifest until between the sixth and seventh vial, just before the seals opened. This is in a message, the anointed ones at the end time. And now, listen, he says, the message of the seventh angel, the mysteries of God would be made known. All these Trinitarian things, false baptisms, everything was to be made manifest. God help us to see what's the truth. And he says, I feel a spirit resenting. He said, I'm not speaking myself. He says, I'm speaking of the angel of the Lord that's in the camp. Notice, a trinity. Now, I'm going I'm to come back to some things here in a moment. I want to read this. This is out of a message, God of this evil age. And Brother Brandon will make this statement, and he will, he will say this, and he say, the world seems to be in the most evil age ever. Never in any age did women ever act like that, never, but just before the destruction of the antediluvian world. God, he's talking about um, God of the evil age. Has God lost control or is he just permitting another agency to control? The true answer is, to my opinion, there's two opposing spirits in the world today. There can't be more than two heads. They're at work. One is the spirit of the devil in the last days in, de- in deception. And he talks about, that. I'm going to make that the rest of my service. These two spirits... God's Holy Spirit, the other, the devil's spirit, working in deception. Now, the deception, friends, it will not come in just a denominational realm. Because the two spirits will be within the framework of this last day body. Okay, now I I, I need to, this is, I'm not just preaching out there. This is coming to my address It's coming to your address. It's coming to every one of us. Because we all profess the message. And I'll say this, that's our comfort. I'm in a message church, what more can it be? It's way more than that. So the deception will come right into our midst. It will not be as good as having your name on the church directory. It will not be as good as some identification with somebody. Listen, I hope this becomes very personal this morning. This has been on my heart for a couple of weeks now. I don't even know if I can actually preach it the way God's been giving it to me. Now, let me, let me go for a moment. Brother Dan, if you can, let's, let's go. I'm going I'm to just jump ahead. Go to Genesis. Genesis chapter 4, if you will. Now, in the beginning... Everything starts in Genesis. Everything ends in Revelation. This is this, these are the, the verses, the, the books of the Bible, rather, that the devil hates. Now, if you read all of Genesis chapter 3, in Genesis chapter 3, it talks about the man and the woman. Actually, it, you know, it would even, even go and talk about Adam, but the woman was never given her name. The woman's identity was always in Adam. But a name is only given when there's a manifestation other than the manifestation of what was already there. Now, there used to be a time that the message was called the message. And and people who were in the message were believers. But after a while, it became different 
names under the framework of the message. Well, I'm deity, or I'm two souls, or, or, or I'm return, or I'm this, or I'm perusia, or I'm, I'm fivefold, or I'm middle of the road. Whatever you want to call it. But when you start identifying with a name of something else, look back what happened in Genesis. We do not say, we are, this is our name, and we are what's right. Really, it's the other way around. It was on, on the day of Pentecost when Peter stood up, he says, what is it? This, this life is that which Joel prophesied. We need to be able to go back and say, this is what God said. It's not me making a claim. It's the life, it's the identification that speaks for itself. So it was under all of this that the woman was never mentioned. But once the woman fell, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was. And you can say, oh, the women. No, it's, I'll tell you what, we as a church are the woman. So we, we are in no better place. Let's just say it that way. Now, in Genesis 4 verse 1, after all, after they were driven out of the Garden of Eden, that's when we began to the first time hear the woman's name. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived. Now, here for the first time, she has a name, and now she says, I have gotten a man from the Lord, but there was a secret under that that she knew. It was the result of a relationship with not only her husband, but with another being just as much like that. But there was a deception under the words that came from that name. Go to Genesis 5, verse 1. This is the book of the generations of Adam. So now, this is, this is Moses writing this many years later. He's talking about Adam and the generations. He never mentions the woman. And he does, but not by name. It says, this is the book of the generations of Adam in the day that God created man. In the likeness of God made he them. Male and female created he them. And blessed them and called their name Adam. The bride in this last day will not take on the name of what we would call just a church, just a doctrine, but she will have to have the name of her husband, which is Jesus Christ. Now, we, we all like to say, Brother Branham said. We like to say that. But you know what we need to say? Hear what the Spirit says. You know what we need to say is, God made this real to me. And sometimes we use, Brother Branham said, and we use it as a sword to justify ourselves and to protect ourselves, sometimes hiding something within. I, I'm just being brutal this morning. Genesis 24. They had this man years ago who they have what's called the Bible code. And he took the Bible code and, and because of all the numbers and how they did things, and they typed in the name, uh, I think Brother Branham or, or whatever it was, uh, and, and they put it in, and it came up 17 times in one verse in the Old Testament. You know what that verse was? Genesis 24 the calling of a bride. But if you go to Genesis 24, 
Genesis 24 never speaks the name Eliezer. It actually talks about the servant. It talks about an extension of what Abraham was sending out. Abraham looking for a bride for his father. So it wasn't Eliezer that was going out by his name. Neither is the message just Brother Branham going out by his name. Friends, I I just, sometimes we make these sayings, how long has it been since you've been in the message? And there's a truth to it. But sometimes it's just like I turned the leaf and I jumped into a message church. Let me, we ought to ask the question that they asked in the book of Acts. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Since you believed. You've come into a message. You may be born into it. But have you met this one? Have you received the Holy Ghost? And you know what? It can be, I really was going to sing the song this morning, Old Fashioned Meeting. It was an old-fashioned meeting. Sometimes, you know, I, I grew up, I was a teenager, and I, I grew up around the message, and sometimes, you know, I, I'd have to travel out, and we're on our way to church, and we're driving in a car, and then I see one of my friends from school. Well, I would duck so they wouldn't see me. I was just a teenager who was not, re, I was re, unregenerate, not born again. And I, I, I would think, that just, man, why did my family have to be so old-fashioned? Hey, old-fashioned is original. If it is the original life. And when you ever get past the stigma of what you call old-fashioned, because old-fashioned is a cultural term that relates to the life that, uh, of this world. But the original life, the original God, when you get that, there is no sense of old-fashioned. There is no worried about how my fashion is compared to another young person. Friends, sometimes we take a natural comparison one to another. And we can make fun of somebody that's a Holy Ghost, filled believer, young, young person, because they dress a certain way. I'll say that's two spirits in the framework of a Christian church. Listen, the two spirits are not our church and all the other churches. It's not the message and all the denominations. The two spirits battle you, they battle me, and they both can be at work. But we need to recognize what the spirits are when they come. Brother Ed, I didn't expect this service this morning. Well, neither did I. But it's what the Lord laid on my heart. Now... So we like to identify with these names and with these stigmas. But I just say this, let your identify being, identification be the life that lives in you. Let that shine. When the early disciples, how did they identify them? It says the Bible says they took knowledge that they'd been with Jesus. They looked at Stephen and his, Stephen looked like an angel in their midst. Oh, there, there's something about it. You don't, you don't have to go very far. You can, we can hide behind titles and message, and they're in and they're out, and we, we can put walls and we can do those things. But when it comes right down to it, your witness to an unbeliever in the street, they'll detect the spirit in you before they ever detect the words coming out of your mouth. Now, the words can be correct, but they need to come out with the right spirit. And I say this, people can look, they'll they'll watch your life before they watch your words. Friends, I I, I just say this, what's it going to take to win the last one for Christ? 
What's it going to be? Are you going to convince him because you take a church age book? Or is it because you have the love of God burning in your heart? It's got to be the Spirit of God. The pages have to translate to us here. My goodness, where are we at? And I'm not off the first part of page one. Thanks, Brother Glenn. God bless you. We like people that are real. And Brother Glenn is real. <laughs> Go with me, Revelations 13. Revelation, oh, sorry, back up. While I'm on this train of thought, Isaiah 5, Isaiah 4. So Eve's name, Eve's name never happened until the fall or until something left the original. Now, we can take this, we've heard the statement, the message will never denominate. Well, and we just say, oh, thank God I'm in the message. I'll never denominate. No, I'm sorry. The life of God cannot be denominated. Things around what we call the message, there's all kinds of false impersonations. And I'll tell you this, you will not overcome by just a superficial knowledge. It has to be real. It's got to, Brother Ed, this is coming right down to my address. Exactly. This is a spirit in the last day. You could read Isaiah chapter 3. It would talk about the daughters of Zion that are haughty, walking with stretched forth, and this is in, in Isaiah 3 verse 16, walking with stretched forth necks and wanton eyes, walking and mincing as they go, making a tinkling with their feet. Now, you, you take that, it's directly attributed to high heels. Brother Ed, you don't preach on high heels. No, but this is the Bible telling us what's about high heels. It causes you to mince a certain way. Causes you to twist a certain way. And it's designed by the devil. Don't go there. And it says, making a tinkling. And, it's, and it, verse 17, I could take it. And the Lord will smite those with a scab, the crown of the head of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will discover their secret place. Okay, you could read all of Isaiah chapter 3, but here's Isaiah chapter 4, verse 1. In that day, seven women will take a hold of one man, saying, we will eat our own bread and wear our own apparel. Okay, so I want my own way. Hey, is it any, this is in the Bible way before iPhone ever came out. Where the, way before MeSpace came out, or whatever they call it, or, or all the social sites that are all around me. And there's a lot of churches that fall into, this is our church. And we can have this smug satisfaction, oh, but our church. Friends, it's way deeper than that. Listen, so he, he says now, here is, this is a spirit in the world. We will eat our own bread. We'll wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by your name. So that takes away our reproach. Let us, be, let us have an inheritance with the Lord. That's, that's the farther reaching of it. You've never seen as much of a name. I don't know who that woman, she's a senator in the U.S., She's got a hyphenated name. I think Hillary was one of the first that ever did it. Hillary Rodham Clinton. Well, she wanted enough of Bill's name, but she still wanted her own. 
And then it was another congresswoman that had this. And you have it all around us. And some of them don't even change your name. I, 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 may not, I may be going too far here. But in Quebec, you're actually legally, when you're married, you keep your own name. Hey, I, I, listen, Brother Steve Brisson isn't here to verify this. But Brother Steve has called that province sort of the, the Nazi province of Canada. So yeah, I understand where he's coming from. But, but listen, these are spirits that are in the world. Now, spirits don't stop at these walls. They, they don't say, oh, this is a message church. This is not a denomination. We can't go in there. No, they'll come in here. And they'll want to have their own name. They'll want to have their own identity. But they still want to be called Christian. That's a manifestation in the last days. That's around the framework of the message. But it comes to us. I want to be, I want to be identified with the message, but I still want to keep my secret places. I still want to have my own way too. Friends, the message, you can't control it. It's a life. And the life controls you. You don't control it. Now, let's hold that thought for a moment. Okay, let, let me, I'm here, let me just... Brother Branham came out in an age and we said, I would never go to a movie theater. Now, and we're so righteous, I've never gone into a movie theater. I did, actually. I watched the, 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 the film on, on Christ's crucifixion, whatever it was. I, I was on Easter one day and I went to watch it because I just wanted to, to absorb myself in it. But you can say, I would never go into a theater. But the theater was just a spirit. And the spirit jumped over to what we call the television. And the prophet identified that as a movement of the spirit under another name. I don't ever go to a theater. And we, and we could just say that, but you could have a television. And you know... And so none of us in the early days would ever have a television. Oh, that's horrendous. And if we had it, it was in a back closet, only to be used for the news. <laughs> and sometimes it came out for more than news. And if you give it too much, it comes out. But just look at what's attached to it. So some of us have never had a television. But then monitors came. And monitors that had links to news sites. And not just news sites, but YouTube. And, and had links to all kinds of other things. Netflix and this Flix and that. And all of these other things. But I'd never go to a theater. I will never go to have a television. But I've got a monitor. Nothing in that about the message, is there? No, but the Spirit's been identified. And you, and you want to take it a step further? You can just, listen. I, I don't have the quote in front of me. But you ask this. Whatever you have in front of you in your house, whatever you're doing, whatever you're talking about, would the Lord Jesus feel comfortable to walk in while you're looking at your iPad, while you're looking at your phone? Would you be comfortable inviting the Lord? That's a good question to ask. That's a question for every one of us, right from the pulpit down. It's a spirit by another name. And, and you know what? It doesn't just stop at iPads and, and devices. It, it goes right down to devices called phones. 
And, and you know, there was such a misnomer to be labeling them smartphones. Now, I got just a stupid phone that does not connect me to anything. But I had to have email, I had to have internet, I had, and, and you know, you can't even imagine conducting business without it. The old days when you'd line up at a payphone to contact your boss because there was a change in your plans and you're waiting and there's two or three people at the payphone. Yeah, those, you, you see, you guys don't even know about it. <laughs> these, these, those days are gone, why? Because everybody has one. And you know what? We're parents. And parents, we want to stay connected with our kids. So we give them a phone. But sometimes they don't have the Holy Ghost. And because they don't have a Holy Ghost, they know enough. They know enough. Oh my goodness, how did I get all the way down here? I, I, I'm here and I'm just going to read it. Because, because we, we are living in a time where, where, I'll tell you what, we've got all the morals. We've got everything. Let me, let me read it this way. Oh, where did I put it here? Okay. Okay, so here he, Brother Bram talks. This is in, in Investments 1963 in August. Now he's, he's talking. The law has no life in it. Okay, I know I can't watch, I can't go to a theater, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do that. And you know what? You may not do any of those things, but there's no life in that. There's no life in it. So Brother Branham identifies it. He says, the lo- and that has been, the law is only a policeman that points you to sins, but there's no grace to pardon your sin. He says, that has been so twisted, it's brought over into Christianity. He said, that we make a declaration of creeds or laws by Christianity. These are the rules to our church. These are the rules for, for how you conduct yourself at home. These are the rules how you sit in church. And, and you know what? You can follow all those rules and miss it. Listen to what he says. Brother Branham's talking. He says, he says, a moralist, he calls it a moralist. We think today of a man who tries to get to heaven just because he quit gambling or because he quit running with a woman that wasn't his wife, or he stopped his drinking, or on New Year's Day he turned over a leaf and joined a church. No, sir, that doesn't do it. He isn't converted. He's just a moralist. And I ask this question, how many message moralists do we have? Now, I don't want to condemn you because that's a part of intellectual faith. But I'm saying, let the Holy Spirit prick you this morning. That's not good enough. You need a life that overtakes you. You know, I, I, I watch. I, I, listen, I, I used to go to services. I was in Brother Harold's living room in the corner where I could put my head to the side when he first started preaching. I was in meetings, and I would read, and I'd hear these things, and, you know, and, and sometimes if there was a good joke, I would laugh with them, because I thought, oh, that was the highlight of the service. It was a good joke. And, and it's still that way sometimes. But do you know it's so much deeper? And I'd hear the same things, but one day, something got a hold of me. One day, I found myself saying amen to that. That's what I need! Amen. Friends, 
That's why you come to church. That something will get a hold of you. I need somebody to sing that song. Brother Harold wrote it. Something got a hold of me. I think Sister Julie, you know the words. But you know, some, my oh my, somebody invited me to church and I don't know why, but I just came and something got a hold of me. I sat in the back pew or whatever it was. Something got a hold of me. That guy started preaching. Something got a hold of me. Friends, and maybe we have had that happen, but maybe we've let it slip. Maybe it's just taken on a form. Something needs to get a hold of you. The revival is not just an Acts 2 experience. The revival leads you into all truth. The revival of Acts 2 was not enough for Peter. Ten years later, he was still adopting Jewish traditions. But it takes a cleansing, a washing by the Word. It's the full Word. It's all of Christ. You see... A moralist, he isn't really converted, and the devil uses moralist to make a foolish representation. Oh, Brother Ed, did you say that? No, it's in the message, and I'm saying it too. The world is wanting to see Christ. I am the vine, you are the branches. I don't like where you're going this morning. Listen, what are your thoughts right now? Maybe, maybe there's something. We had a prayer line here the other day. And we, we all want God to come on, our, on, our, on the scene. But what are you going to do? Maybe, maybe you come and say, Lord, this situation needs fixing in my life. I need to help my help overcoming lustful spirits. Well, what are you going to do? Maybe you've got to delete some apps on your phone. If your, if your eye or your hand offend you, cut it off. It's better to enter into eternal life maimed. I'll say this. It's better to enter into eternal life maybe not having connected with everybody on social media, but I'd rather be there. Maybe I didn't have to do it. Maybe it's better that I didn't see all the newest movies that came out. I'd rather be there than have this here. Listen, there's, there's a great magnet that's coming. And the magnet that's coming is for everything that is metal, that has similar qualities, and is not bolted down. And you ask yourself, what is holding me back today? What is bolting me down? This is good for the preacher. This is good for the deacon. This is good for the trust. This is good for the member of the congregation for 30 years. The Holy Spirit speaking to us. I'm jumping from places, but I want to just go to this. Mark chapter 5. I really haven't even gotten to my scriptures that I wanted to, but Mark chapter 5. I want you to go with me on this for a moment. I don't know if you have seen the Chosen series, but the last ones they had, you know, where, where Jesus comes and, and they see him walking on the water in the storm. And, and I, I, it just, it's brought a new life to some of these scriptures for me. The Ten Commandments have done it for me way back. And, and it makes me think and it causes me, you know, I, I, I think we need to dwell in that atmosphere. So just, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but Mark chapter 5 
And they came over to the other side of the sea unto the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Now, you can listen to this. There's several messages Brother Bram preaches. One is called the Maniac of Gadaria. There's other ones that he talks. But this is a man. And now, I, I like how he sometimes gives the illustration. You know, how did he get that way? Well, he says... Maybe something happened, and he had a disappointment, and this and this, and he, and he went down this road, and he went down this road. Sometimes we, 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 we don't realize, just we begin to open up to things. Now, this, this, this scripture is part of another one. We don't preach on it often. But a man, once an evil spirit, is cast out. And it goes, and then if we don't fill that space with the Holy Spirit, that spirit goes and it grabs seven other spirits. And it comes back to this house, and this house, I used to live in this house, it's not filled. Hey guys, come on in. And the second case is far worse than the second. I I, I say this. Religious spirits can hide a lot of things underneath. Even in the framework of the message. Friends, I, I, I'm, I need us to look in the mirror, every one of us. I, I did this myself. Brother Branham is talking in a message and I heard him say, before I ever came to preach this, he's talking, I think, in blasphemous names or whatever it was, he's saying... I had to examine myself to see if I was walking in this. Now, I'm saying this not to condemn anybody, but I also am saying this to get real. Do not be deceived. You can have all the titles of message. You can have the name. And some of the same spirits that afflicted you in the world can be here today. Why? Because they feel comfortable. They're religious spirits. I'm going to read this, this scripture here. But I need you to think about how this operates and how it affects. And it says, There came out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He had his dwelling among the tombs. The tombs were actually a religious place. They were a religious place. And he says, And no man could bind him, not with chains. He had often been bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had had plucked asunder and broken him in pieces, and no man could tame him. And always, day and night, when he was in the mountains, tombs crying, cutting himself. Now here's the part that's just striking. But when he saw Jesus afar off, when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. It was a religious spirit. Oh, I've been worshiping, but bound with demons. You know how many demons he was bound by? 2,000. How do you know it was 2,000? Because there was, on the hillside, 2,000 swine. Oh, man, I, you know what? We should, have, we should have scenes here. We should have Jesus there. We should have the man here. We should have the hog farmers and the latest hog reports. And, and on the radio that day, hey, it's been a good day for hog raising and such and such. And, you know, they're, they're sending out all the things. I'd like to hear the testimony of those hog farmers after Jesus came through. 
we had a good business. <laughs> and you know what? There was, if you actually read the end of the story, they cast the life of God out of their city because it destroyed their business as disrespect, as disreputable as it was. I'm not asking the question, are you comfortable in church? Now I'm going to ask another question. Are you comfortable in the presence of the Lord Jesus? Because there's a difference. There's a difference, friends. I want to go home. I don't want one person to miss it. I, I, I want... I want that our lives would live such a way that the token could be expressed in the way Brother Branham said it. Your loved ones, they see the atmosphere around you and they're pulled into it and they hang on to your words. It's not your words, it's not rhetoric, it's not thinking, but it's the Holy Ghost in you. So these spirits, they came and they worshipped him and cried with a loud voice. So, so there was the element of worship held a lot of demons. But they cried with a loud voice saying, What have I to do with thee, Jesus? Thou son of the most high God, I adjure thee that you torment me not. I say if, if, if the Holy Ghost in us could be so strong that the devils would be tormented. <laughs> Brother, Brother Donnie Reagan will, will speak it. He says, you know, we don't have, you know, titles, but he said, if they give me one, give me a DD. Donnie Reagan DD. What does that mean? Devil disturber. Now, when I wake up in the morning, I put my feet on the bed, and I start to drop to my knees and pray, and the devils start trembling. And the report goes out. They're up again. Oh, no. Or do they say, that's okay. You're in the message. You're doing okay. I know you got little things, but the Lord will come one day. And those things will be all right one day. And, and you may even say, when Brother Branham comes back, it's not to step on anybody's toes. He will come back. I believe he'll come back in the resurrection. I'm saying we can get comfortable around the message. We can get comfortable with one another even. Oh, well, that's brother so-and-so. You know, and we can make excuses for ourselves, for other people. Can I, can I say, can I ask that we can just push a little bit of that aside this morning? This last week I had to get real with myself too. Preach a service and it comes out and you think, yeah, that was good. It will help so-and-so. It will help so-and-so. And then the Holy Spirit speaks back and said, what about you? What about, you might, you might be doing better than so-and-so, but when has the message been about comparisons? When has it been about, well, I'm operating at an 80% level. They're only at 40. Therefore, I'm okay. No, you're not. No, I'm not. The standard is Jesus Christ. The standard is the message. Can we, can we aspire to the standard? Can we drop the comparisons? 
Well, I'm better than, we're better than that church. What has that got to do with it? What about the word? What about the spirit? What about the God that wants to dwell in our homes? I, I really, I really f- wish I could have dramatized this. I got other scriptures I want to go to, but go in your home, read Mark chapter 5, and start to put yourself in those shoes. When I came out, I'll just be very transparent right now. I thank God that he put something in my heart that loved him and loved the word. And a father who was in a denominational, my mother, and I didn't even want just what mom believed. I said, I want the God who's on these pages of this Bible. I want the God who made the heavens and the earth. I want truth. And even when I started reading the message, though I'd heard it, I was looking for truth, and the more I saw it, the prophet was pointing not to himself, but to Jesus Christ. And I began to seek God, and I'm grateful back then that I had family around me that said, we're happy for what God's doing, but you need an experience with God. Well, how will I know I got it? You'll know. You'll know. And I will tell you, I'm glad I had that experience. But it also caused me to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. And whenever I drift, it pulls me back. It does this for me. Something keeps holding me. And when I was trying to overcome, I found out certain things dropped off easily. Drinking. Even though the early days I'd have a beer and read my Bible. Oh, Brother Ed. (gasps) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and then after a while, I'm reading my Bible, says, that thing, I don't need that thing. Out it went. The day I came home, and I brought a Bible for the first time to to my home, and I wanted to bring it in the house, something stopped me. I said, you can't bring that Bible in your room. You got books and magazines. Yes, you're right. Friends, nobody was there telling me that. But the Holy Spirit was there. And the Holy Spirit speaks to everyone that is open. So I went to my room and I got a garbage bag and I threw all those things in and I dropped them in the garbage and I brought my Bible in. Years later, I'm fasting, I'm praying, I'm trying to overcome. Drinking dropped off. Friendships dropped off. I couldn't overcome a lust spirit. Couldn't overcome it. Fasted, prayed. And a brother comes from overseas and he preaches on perfect strength and perfect weakness. And then he identifies the same spirit he battled with. And what he did with it, he said, I was leading a prayer group and I was trying to overcome this. So finally I went to the prayer group one day and said, brethren, I need you all to pray for me. I know I'm leading this group, but today you're going to pray for me. I'm battling this lust spirit, and this is the manifestations. And he says, some of the people in the prayer group left. 
He says, but others prayed. He says, the minute he exposed it, hey, the minute he exposed it, he got deliverance. He shared that in a service, and I'm sitting there just about three or four rows back, and I was like, I am just laid bare. I am open. And I thought, oh, God, you have just exposed me. Some people went for prayer. I didn't even know how I did it. I plodded up there with my feet. I was about to confess it. He, I didn't even have a chance. He started praying, and he condemned that spirit. And you know what I knew? The devil had no more hold on me. <laughs> no. Oh, that's wonderful, Brother Ed. Has that devil ever come back? Oh, yeah. Countless times. But I know what happened there. And I know as long as I'm not feeding on the wrong things, as long as that Holy Ghost keeps pulling me, as long as those birds that try to land on my sacrifice don't come. But if I keep taking and shooing those birds off, I'll tell you what, there is power in the name of Jesus. You don't have to live defeated here today. Well, there's spirits that are out there, denominational spirits. They creep right in here. There's lust spirits out. They'll creep right in here. They'll use your phone. They'll use your conversation. They'll use the eye gate, the hearing gate. They'll use every gate they can. But there is another name that is greater than all those names. It's the name of Jesus. There's another name. Listen, friends, I, I really didn't take the service the way I was going to take it at all. And I, I, I've, I didn't even get to the parts I wanted to get. But you listen to a message called Blasphemous Names. In Revelations chapter 17, there was a beast that rose, and it had names of blasphemy attached to it. Those names, and the prophet comes and he says, those were denominational names. But they all went into this name, this mystery Babylon, mother of harlots. How did it happen? They just gave themselves to not fully going down the way of truth. Oh, how bad would it be to come all the way up to the message and say, I identify with it, I sympathize with it, but not identify with it. Listen, we'll stop right there today. Let's have the musicians come. This, this is completely, I didn't even look at my notes past half a page, I think. But I'll just say this. Let's, can, we, can we be real today? Let's stand together. I don't know what I touched on or what I didn't touch on or what I did say or didn't say. And, and, and maybe this wasn't cultured or it wasn't done the right way. But I will say, friends, the Lord has been here today. Right. He's been with me in the last weeks coming to this. And he certainly has spoke to some hearts today. Now, I'm, I'm going to ask you, don't even look at someone else. I want you to now take this. It's me, oh Lord. It's me standing in the need of prayer. This preacher had to kneel down yesterday and say, Lord, before I ever preach this, I need to do this and this. And I said, I'm going to do that. Because I don't want nothing between you and me. We can talk about, well, you know what, I've, I, I had an experience here and you know, I've had a manifestation, maybe even a gift. But if I'm not bearing the fruit of the Spirit... 
Brother Bram said, if you don't even, if you're not bearing the fruit, he says, you have no right to call yourself a name. Now, I, I, listen, does the devil come against us and cause us? Absolutely. But this is bigger than that. This is about we are, are who we are because of the position God has given us, not because of what we claim. And if there's a spirit, you thought it was out there, but you've seen it come through by another name. And maybe it's somewhere in your life, in your private life. Maybe it's somewhere in where your thoughts go. Maybe it's somewhere in how you deal with people. Why don't you just say, Lord, I don't want that thing. And I want to take a step today. What, what am I supposed to do? You do whatever the Lord lays on your heart to do. But he's here. And he's Jesus Christ, the same yesterday. You can come to a church and hide. Or you can come to Jesus and say, Lord, take my life. Take everything in me. I want to be like you. That, that, that Holy Ghost, that, that capstone that's going to come down, it comes down on a manifestation of brotherly love. And if there's no brotherly love, there's no capstone coming down, friends. That's the honest truth. If you can't love your brother, if you have hate and envy, there's no capstone coming down. But I know the message. I know the... No, it's not coming down. It has to be manifest. I need more of him. Do you need more of him? Let's sing more of you, more of you. More of you. I've had 